Chicago area listeners, our live taping of the Birdhouse in Your Soul episode is next week, July 26th at the G-Man Tavern in Chicago. So if you search This Might Be a Podcast, you can find the Facebook event that's got more information as well as advanced tickets that are a little bit cheaper. So hope to see you there. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I am your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with Rachel Jones to talk about the song We Want a Rock by They Might Be Giants. Who else? Rachel, how are you doing? What's up? What's, what's up? Let's just throw around a bunch of old, outdated references. Oh, man. What's up? Horrible. Hor- Mr. Horrible. Um, <laughs> we, I was just, just today cooking dinner calling my dog Mrs. Horrible because she is horrible. <laughs> she is just awful. And she's oh she's right over there. Some some dogs deserve that I think. Hey, Leela. Hello. Oh, adorable. <laughs> yes, but horrible. Horrible and adorable. But horrible. Yes. Yes. Not that our cats don't annoy the shit out of us too. <laughs> but they're older and slower. And it, you've got kitties as well, right? I actually, I don't. So the cat in my oh. photo is my my friend's cat. Stolen cat. Um. And, and that photo is the first time that the cat sat in my lap mm. instead of my friend's lap when we were sitting at the table together. So it was a big deal for me, that, right? That is a big deal with cats. <laughs> it was. For them it to was. Get that I was very excited. To get that comfortable yeah. with you, yeah. It's a very large yeah. cat. Yeah. He's a, like, he's a little chubby. He <laughs> looks cute. <laughs> yeah. Very cute. Our one, one cat that was more cuddly... Uh, ever since we got this puppy, our our older dog left left him alone. But uh, Leela is insane and just chases Fry <laughs> all over the place, and he can no longer come on our laps because he's terrified to be out in the open. He spends all the time in his cat tree uh, or down here in the basement, which is usually blocked off from the dog because there's too many cords and cables and such for her. Right. Uh, That's sad, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Leela came in here and just threw a whole wrench into everything. But, you know. <laughs> it happens. It happens. With pets. Okay, so you are in St. Louis. 
I am, yes. But from Illinois, with an yes. S. So how uh, uh, how did you end up in uh, St. Louis? Let's start there. I'm currently doing a PhD in musicology at WashU in St. Louis. Mm, fancy. Yeah, I'm very impressive, you know. <laughs> kind <laughs> of a big deal. Kind of a yeah. big deal. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm down in St. Louis for that. Uh, it's a six-year program, and I'm currently in my second year. Okay. Yeah. Long way to go. My wife has a PhD, and I know all about uh, supporting the family on a public teacher's salary. <laughs> well, it's it's going to be a journey. Yeah, it's uh, it's awesome, though. I mean, it's uh, yes. I mean, it is very impressive, and my wife is uh, super smart and worked super hard to get where she's at. And she's going up for tenure now as a, a Spanish lit professor here at Purdue. Ooh. Going up a year early, going up a year early because her book is done and is already up for pre-order on Amazon. So good for her. Go get that. Yeah, it was a long time coming. So it's a pretty big deal. <laughs> pretty big deal. Yeah. So musicology. I was always. You know, I have a music ed degree, um, and mm-hmm. I've, I've only have partial credits towards a master. Just what I need to keep renewing my teacher's certification. <laughs> <laughs> I've this is my fifteenth year teaching, so I've had to do it a couple times. But I've taken right. I've taken uh, master's level Kodai classes and ORF classes and some world music sure. classes uh, or sure. a world uh, drumming class uh, specifically. Because you do general ed, right? I do K to six classroom music, so I see the kids twice a week. But then I also have uh, beginning bands at two schools and choirs. Oh, got you. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yep. Yep, yep, K to six, so the the little ones. But I like starting the kids out. But I was always very interested in. Um, well, me, well, why don't you explain to people exactly what that means? Your musicology. What, what, yeah. What is that? What yeah. does that mean? Something music. <laughs> it's music. Something. 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 Yeah. Um, so the way that I kind of explain it is that basically I do what like English people do where they write about books and like analyze books and literature. And I do the same thing with music. Um, and then there's also some like history element in there too. Yeah. Cool. A little bit, uh, a little bit of an ethnography element in my case. We'll probably, we'll talk about this. <laughs> this is kind of leading into my, yeah. like they might be giants background actually, because I'm planning on writing my dissertation on they might be giants. Holy shit. That um, is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh. and so like for that, I'll probably, I'll talk about their Malcolm stuff a little bit. Right. I'll talk about the fandom. I'll talk about their rock history. Yeah. Like go tons of stuff. Yeah. Dang. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> Man, maybe I should go back to school and do something cool. My, <laughs> uh, my wife was always saying that, like when we were down in Bloomington, she got her master's and PhD from Indiana University from IU, mm-hmm. and uh, she's like, "Yeah, they have like these classes on the Clash and stuff, and like punk rock." And she's like, "You should be teaching them. Why are they like?" I'm, she's like, "I'm positive you know more than these people." I'm like, "Yeah." Maybe. I looked at. Indiana is actually a really good musicology school. Very good um, music school. Jacob School of Music is that's where yeah. I got that's where I did my Kodai class, and it is they are hardcore and they are very well renowned for sure. Yeah, no, I I looked at them and quickly decided not to go there just because they didn't have anyone who I wanted to work with. But like 
they're an amazing music program. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Purdue here, you cannot major in music up here at Purdue. This is a very, uh, they do have musical ensembles, but, um, you know, they have a, a pretty big marching band. They have jazz, they have dance stuff. Um, but you can't uh, major in it. I mean, this is like this is like the school for engineers and astronauts. It's uh, yeah. more on that end of the nerdy spectrum. It's the sciences. Right. Um, and I mean, you know, my wife's in Spanish literature, and they've got a very good uh, school of languages and cultures. But they're known for. I mean, we're known for Neil Armstrong and some other people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had tw- uh, we've had. I, b- I believe this is true that we've had more uh, astronauts. People have gone on to be astronauts at NASA that come from here than any other college. 21, I think. Which oh, wow. It's pretty wild. Yeah. I should, fa- wow. I should fact check that. Someone's going to come at me on Twitter <laughs> Twitter for that. No, my college <laughs> For that more. random, yeah. completely unrelated to anything <laughs> fact. <laughs> I was thinking of an unrelated thing. So... <laughs> <laughs> how many references to other songs can we put in before even talking about the song that we're talking about <laughs> i'm sure a lot more than <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll work on it so okay so well yeah then let's talk about your your uh tmbg fandom how old were you when you got into them what did you hear first it was the first album you bought let's let's talk about all that good stuff absolutely um so i don't remember when i first heard they might be giants because they were one of the first things that like my dad played for me when I was growing up. Um, and so I, I, I tell people, I don't remember learning how to read music, but I remember learning how to read English. I don't remember the first time I heard they might be giants. Like they've just always been part yeah, of you were too young. my sound world. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so my dad saw them in, I, I looked it up once because he couldn't remember where he saw them. And so I looked at the shows that he might have seen them in because he saw them on their flood tour. Um, so I don't know if he saw them at the Northwestern show because they did a Northwestern show. Ah, um, yes, and he went to Northwestern. So he might have been like, oh, I'll go to the one at my school. Or he might have seen them in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, that do- but, yeah, so that doesn't narrow it down very much. If, well, <laughs> exactly. they, they could have gone to Chicago twice um, on a tour like that. I'm sure it was a huge tour. Yeah. Exactly. So he saw them on the Flood tour and he liked them. He bought Flood, but he didn't get into any of their other music. So the main thing that I heard growing up was Flood. Um, And so We Want to Rock is actually my favorite song from when I was little. That was one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it. Nice. Um, (laughs) It's the one that I remember the most from when I was little. Yeah. And then I'm so I didn't really look into any of their other stuff until i remember ninth grade my bio teacher brought in here comes science nice. um, <laughs> it, had, it had just come out um and so she showed us like the dvds um and i so was good. obsessed the with videos are great I mean, on they're amazing they're so funny they're so cute i learned uh, a lot from was, the elements uh meet the elements yeah <laughs> Um, also, I was obsessed with I'm a paleontologist. That is my first um, grader's favorite. We are doing a program of They Might Be Giant songs, and that is their favorite. I've sent Danny, Danny and I are, are Facebook friends, and I sent, I, I've always sending him stuff. I sent him a video of my kids. <laughs> I sent him a video of one of my classes singing that. He was very excited about that. Yeah, so I, I loved I'm a paleontologist, which is funny because now I'm like obsessed with Danny. Whatever, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I see your Twitter banner I, photo. 
Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> it's the whole band. The whole band is in the photo, right? It's yeah. He's he's it's still all there. <laughs> he's he's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. He's, he's. I also I just love bass lines. Like I was doomed to really like Danny, basically. Um, yeah. Because I I love a good bass line. Hell yeah. Um, which we'll talk about with the other song that we'll eventually talk about. Um, it's an amazing one. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, the so duo era, comes- the duo era is a little uh, different when it comes to talking about usually the low end is usually not a bass guitar though. In some instances there is a bass guitar. I, I actually was looking at the credits on this might be a wiki and I found out today that they have a banjo in it, which I didn't know. What? Um, <laughs> yeah yeah if you, if you look at the credits on this might be a wiki for we want to rock oh, there's I, a banjo in it yeah oh okay all right apparently hmm. i can't hear it like at all um but <laughs> anyway now i'm just getting off track uh back to the history back to the history so here comes science in ninth grade my junior year i downloaded join us from mega upload um <laughs> you're cheating I, them out of money <laughs> well no i i i did it because i decided to do a project on they may be giants for my american music class which is funny because at the time i had no idea i was going to go into music yeah. like after high school so it's a funny thing now in retrospect where i'm just like Literally, this was just always what I was going to end up doing. Weird. Um, but no, so I I downloaded it just because I, like, found a link on LiveJournal or something. Um, Classic. I'm referencing, Classic. I'm referencing so many old things. And then Mega Upload was literally taken down the day after I downloaded Join Us. Oh, wow. That's how I remember. It was because of you. <laughs> it was because of me, specifically. Yeah, and then you felt the um, handcuffs. That's when I felt the handcuffs go on. <laughs> but... <laughs> but yeah so join us i fell in love with when will you die amazing song again I, my, great baseline so i'm in two bands my one uh i mean outdoor velour with my wife we've we covered dr worm we played that on that episode uh my mm-hmm. doppelpopolis my more it's more of a pop punk band and i'm like <laughs> i'm like when will you die will be the perfect song for a punk band to cover i'm like it's already got yeah. that punk beat it's got it, the lyrics are mean. I'm like, so we're, and then I showed it to my bass player and he's like, fucking A. He's like, God damn it, dude. <laughs> and even just, cool. even minus the bass solo at the beginning, the chord changes are just insane. Yeah. It just never stops. It's nuts. I mean, well, so I didn't know until I listened to your interview with Danny that it's sped up on the album. Like, yes, I know. I I had wild. heard that and I didn't believe it. And but then as I listened <laughs> to it, I'm like, maybe he was right. It was actually Jonathan Leonard who's on the Museum of Idiots episode that uh, he he mentioned that. And I'm like, really? And then Danny yeah. confirmed it. Yeah. No, after after listening to the interview, I went and listened to it, and I I believe it. Like it's fast. Um, yeah. But no, so just just tell your bassist like, oh. They play it slower than it is on the album. It's fine. You can manage it. It's all good. Yeah. I'm like, if you simplify that a little solo, that's fine. That's like a half a second bit of the song. You know, it's not yeah. a huge deal. And no one, I mean, we're not going to be playing a ton of shows where people would recognize it and be like, dude, totally wimped out on the solo. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, we, I also, we give everything our own spin anyway. I'm like, you could just play nonsense. It'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, join us. Junior year, I downloaded. That's a good and album after to, that, to get back into them on. But then after that, I like 
didn't really listen to them that much for a while. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that the next thing that happened was that last beginning of last year, I found out they were coming to St. Louis. Um, so I asked a friend of mine to go to the concert with me. I was just like, hey, I liked this band from when I was little. I think it'd be fun to see them in a show, go with me. So he was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, and so we went to the concert, and you'll love this, that we actually went, it was a year ago today. Like yeah, the day I, that we're recording. I just clicked over to your, your, yeah, your page, you and I'm it. seeing this. Yeah. The only clarinet player um, I care about. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, which I play the bass clarinet, so it's actually like... Yeah, oh, He's, bass clarinet rules. Um, which was another thing that I loved about Join Us, right? It was Cloisonne. I was like, holy crap, this dude plays this instrument that I play. Yeah, cool. there's a uh, quick side note. Have you ever heard the band Islands? No. They're from Montreal. Uh, they, on well, I'd have to point you to some specific songs. They came out of a band called U Unicorns, and then now there's a band called Islands that's been going for a long time. And there's a lot of prominent like they will even have a uh, bass clarinet live. Like I see guy, oh. he'll, he'll play like with the neck strap, like is it saxophone or something? Um, oh, I, I see the picture on the wiki. Yeah, he's like front and center. Yeah, they're fucking great. Really good, like indie pop stuff. They have some more electronic. I mean, there's different albums take on different spins. Um, I mean, they're not as eclectic as eclectic as they might be. Giants, but really, no one is. But they are. That, yeah, that's kind of hard. Yeah. But yeah, all the clarinet. I mean, outdoor floor. We've got a clarinetist that, uh, now. I, well, we've got two guys that play saxophone. I, I I keep saying we're in our John Henry phase because my wife, <laughs> my wife and I were a duo for six and a half years, and uh, it was my my live drums and keyboards and stuff were on a backing track, and mm -hmm. you know we'd pump the iPod through the stair through the PA, and I played guitar and she plays bass, and we both do some horns and stuff. But we hired on. We're like, if we're going to expand from a duo. We can't just go to a three piece. It's got to be. We got to go from like two to like five because we need. Absolutely. Because you know, we draw a lot of influence from like Motown and like Phil Spector production and stuff. And um, so a horn section is like a good additional thing to have. Yeah. I was also in a seven piece for a decade. <laughs> that was, it kind of came out of the ska era, but then dropped the the ska guitar parts for more complex stuff. Um, but yeah, so we got a guy that plays pretty much exclusively Barry Sax, and he also does some synthesizer stuff. And then our other sure. guy, um, really talented guy, does. Um, they're both really talented. He does. Uh, Andy does clarinet, uh, alto sax. Probably focus mostly on the tenor sax. And again, it's probably growing up. I mean, not just with Motown stuff, but growing up with They Might Be Giants, like the low saxophones are like like going yeah. along with like following the chord changes and stuff and just addicted to that yeah. so like we've got stuff where like the berry and the tenor are doing like these tight little chords and stuff and it's just the best thing ever and they can both play yeah. keyboards so sometimes because I, I wrote songs never intended intending for them to be f actually all played live so i'm like yeah there could sure. be an electric piano part and an organ part going at the same time why not <laughs> so now we have two guys and we can do stuff like that We'll do live glockenspiel. We got a whole bunch of crazy stuff. <laughs> Amazing. We have songs with accordion. We have let to. There's not. It's it's very hard to mic accordion live in a loud loud setting. Um, I believe that. Yeah. Without having a bunch of really expensive wireless mics. But uh, so we've we've attempted the accordion live because our our Barry Sachs guy can play it a little bit. So, um, but it just was not coming through the PA. So until we can invest in another. Some sort of 
fancy microphone stuff. We're just playing those parts on the keyboard. But sure. it'll do. The visual of the accordion, though, is very, uh, very awesome. So someday. 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 So <laughs> did you take up clarinet in, uh, like, fifth, sixth grade? Fifth, fourth grade. Fourth grade. Fourth grade. Yeah. So I started B-flat in fourth grade, uh, and then I switched to bass clarinet in sixth grade. Uh, and it has been my uh, main instrument since then. I thought you were going to say weapon of choice. I was hoping you were going to say weapon of choice. That too. <laughs> I mean, I do think that it is. It, it, it's like objectively the best instrument. Let's be real. Uh, bass clarinet. Hey, like, well, trombone. That was my scholarship instrument. Bass clef in general is just the way to go. Well, bass clarinet reads in treble clef though. Oh, that's um, right. It does, and it just transposes yeah. a shitload. <laughs> except, except for orchestra. Um, I'm currently playing. Uh, in Carmina Burana, and I forgot that I would have to read bass clef until I got to rehearsal. So um, why did they write it there? Why, why in that case was it written in bass clef? It's it's like an old school orchestral thing to compose for bass clarinet and bass clef. Hmm. Um, horn actually very often in old orchestral parts is also in bass clef if it goes low enough. Really? If it goes low enough. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, French horn is was Cara's, that's her instrument, and uh the range on a French horn is, is insane. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I always forget, like I'll, I've, I've written out sheet music for some of the arrangements for outdoor Valore, And, and I always like the first time I recruited Joe before he was in the band full time on Barry, I was like, yeah, bass clef. Right. And he's like, no, I'm like, Oh man, I completely forgot. I'm like, what did this make any sense? I guess, <laughs> is it, is it mostly because they figure it's going to be some guy that started on alto and, then they'll eventually end up on that. It's like I think so, yeah. Especially like bass clarinet is almost nobody's main instrument. Like that's a shame. bass clarinet is usually the side instrument that people play. When I got to watch you and I introduced myself to the band director and was like, Hey, my primary instrument is bass clarinet, he almost like hugged me. What? He was so excited. <laughs> he was so excited. Because also since I was a grad student, that means he has me for like six years, uh, theoretically. Ah, so yeah, yeah. he was very hyped about now, it. If you went in um, there and you're like, my primary instrument is the piccolo, he probably <laughs> wouldn't hug you. No. <laughs> no. Ew. <laughs> Thank you. Please leave. That's another one of Don't those instruments. Another one of those instruments that is necessary in certain situations, but it's never anyone's primary instrument. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thankfully. Yes. Deafening. We did. We do have a uh, piccolo on our Dr. Worm cover because I couldn't find any trumpet players to hit the high notes at the end. <laughs> I remember you talking about that. <laughs> it goes so high. I don't blame them for it's saying no. Nope. high. I've nope. talked to a kid who is like kicking ass at Purdue playing in the in, in ensembles there. And he's like, no. I talked to my friend Brandon, who was in this, this seven-piece band I was in with for forever. And he, I mean, he minored in trumpet performance. He's like, I've never been able to hit that. He's like, on my best day, he's like, maybe I hit that once in my life. I'm like, oh, holy shit. And like, these are some of the best Trump players I know. I mean, goddamn. It's Mark, you know Mark Pender. And I, and I didn't find out that until that after the episode. It's Mark Pender from Conan's band. Uh, yeah. Well, so did you see them live for this past tour? Yeah, I saw them in Indianapolis last March. Something like that. So I cannot believe... Kurt's solo during Istanbul. That dude shreds. Like, he goes, I, I don't even know what pitch he goes to because I don't have perfect pitch, but he goes very, so high, high and he does it every single time. 
and like, and 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 in when and when will you die? Uh, which is yes, which is yes. a pitch shifted song. He's hitting him yes. live, and like Cara and I, just both being brass musicians, we were just we would just constantly look at each other in disbelief and just laugh. Like we were just watching him play this stuff, and we're like, "Oh my god!" We're like, "He's gonna like do a harmony." A note or drop an octave or something, and he never would. It was no, always right there, every time. Right? Why? And just, just, just like the recording, like Why? a like a recording where you can do multiple takes, and like he, but he, yep. he goes for it. I mean, this is something that vocalists do all the time that bugs me. Where it's like you have this distinct memory in your head, and then the vocalist like wimps out on the high notes and does mm-hmm. some sort of like harmony line. But yeah. he just was. The, he doesn't. Is the album. perfection like on the album just right off is just nuts yeah it's amazing so good so good it's amazing um so okay so then where did you do your um undergrad i went to a small liberal arts school uh lake forest college cool not Wake Forest, but Lake Forest. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I know that you probably know where that is, but I feel like I should enunciate for the listeners. Right, 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 right. Yeah, Car and, uh-huh. and I went to uh, Augustana College in Rock Island, Illinois. Sure. Small yeah. school as well. Yes, I like that. Uh, I mean, because you, you get to know like everybody in the music department. It's just... I mean, uh, that's, yeah. that's how I ended up majoring in music because um, I, I went I was an English major mm. um, when I started and I just did band um, and private lessons and my clar- t- clarinet teacher wanted me to do longer private lessons so I became a music minor and then I decided I wanted to write a paper about One Direction and the Beatles um, <laughs> I need to read which this might be a divisive uh, topic for some people depending on how they feel about the Beatles versus boy bands. Um, <laughs> so I, I wrote that. And then my advisor for the paper was like, uh, you know, you should be majoring in music. Right. Um, and so I was like, Oh, fine. And then I wrote my thesis on one direction and I applied to grad school <laughs> and that's, and now I'm <laughs> doing musicology. Um, but it was literally wow. just because I was in a small music department where I was able to like get to know, yeah my band director because he if he hadn't vouched for me with this advisor who i had never taken the class with i wouldn't have had an advisor for the paper and like yeah it would have been very different liberal arts colleges man like i'm a huge advocate for them it's the way to go i mean yeah yeah i mean i understand with like graduate degrees and stuff like that sometimes you need the resources of a big big university but for for the for your four years like that i don't know it's just it's just such a more well-rounded education too and yeah just getting to know the staff better like my my trombone my trombone uh teacher was also the uh the um well he he became a a full uh, dean of the college but he was like the head of the music department so like knowing and knowing him like he was like a great uh reference to have on resumes too i mean i saw him every week for trombone lessons and sometimes for classes too like low brass methods and all that um i think he did some of the theory you might have done a semester of the theory. Um, but yeah, just like I it great. Like I still think very fondly of them and uh, it was, it was amazing. And I feel like, I don't think I took it for granted at the time, but like the stuff that was available, even at this school, like I wrote, uh, there was a song I wrote um, that 
I, I won some uh, some money in a student composition contest for that was a it was all for for percussion and mm-hmm. I but I wrote it like a rock song because that's what I knew best and I used mallet instruments and drum set um, uh, like marimbas like bass guitar and like a xylophones like a I think the vibraphone was like cording like the guitar and the xylophone was the melody but like when am I gonna have access to be able to play a song that has two marimbas. <laughs> a xylophone, a vibraphone, glockenspiel, drum kit, and all this. I mean, it was uh, it was yeah. super cool. And at the time, it was a blast. But then I look back on it, and I'm like, I don't have any marimbas. <laughs> yeah. No marimbas. I don't have any marimbas. I mean, I'm an <laughs> elementary band teacher. I do have this one freaking big concert bass drum. I'm like, why do they have this at an elementary school? I don't know. I'm going to use it, though. I was going to say, that's the only thing that you need in elementary band right that's the thing that the percussionist would want to play is the huge bass drum yeah i mean i make them learn uh glockenspiel so that they sure. know how to re- so they know how to do mail stuff and read treble clef that's but smart yeah it is cool to have so snare and glockenspiel is usually what i focus on but then we'll do like if there's tambourine or woodblock or whatever else suspended suspend mm-hmm. suspended symbols but the big bass drum is going to yeah. be fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so then, okay, so then you ended up at, what's the, the school's name again that you're at now? Washington University in St. Louis. Yes. So, Wash U. Wash U? Yeah. Do people write that uh, on dirty cars in the parking lot? <laughs> I, that's <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wash U? Oh, man. Wash me question mark question mark that's so, so bad so, so, so yes i know i'm a dad now i am yeah, allowed to make you these gotta jokes. make more puns yeah so okay so then how how did you so then what led you to the road of like fully committing to doing uh the movie giants related dissertation <laughs> yeah um so at the concert, my friend and I, during the intermission, were talking about just how weird the band is, basically. Yeah. Just, like, the the wild assortment of genres and everything. And we were saying to each other, like, wow, this would be an amazing dissertation. Um, like, someone should write about this. Um, and I, over the next, like, month or so, I got a little bit... I started looking into more of their music, Um at the concert, the thing that I loved the most that I had never heard before was Mrs. Bluebeard. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, yeah. which partially because of the bass line, uh, like, amazing song. Uh, and it, it has over, like, a thousand plays in my iTunes. Um, <laughs> because I, I was obsessed with it. Like, I, I left the concert and I was so into it. And I started listening to it. 1,334 plays, Mrs. Bluebeard. Um, <laughs> my absolute favorite part. Ping! <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i should wait for that, that is, every time like you know it's, it's good you got an air keyboard um, on that it's good um i i learned how to play part of it on the keyboard actually nice. um because you know it's but, a tough but no so yeah. i i got i got into more of their music like i liked i like fun so i decided to go look into more of their stuff um i started finding their online fandom a little bit uh initially on tumblr i didn't come over to facebook until a little while later mm-hmm. i think i found misc t in like april maybe mm-hmm. yeah. um so it, it was it was a little while longer but 
Yeah, so I, I was finding all this stuff that people people were so into the band, and then I was also looking into, like, is there anything academic about this band? And there's, like, one yes. chapter in one book. Oh, okay, like, wow. Nothing. Okay, yeah, you know, yeah, because um, Cara's mentioning this to me, too, because she's like, you should write a book on the movie Giants. She said that to me, and I'm like, yeah. and we're like, okay, well, let's see what, what biographies are out there. And it's like, nothing. Like, there's a documentary there's- about them. How is it that a band gets a movie made about them before a book? <laughs> I mean, that's a lot more low budget to yeah. write a book about a band. And, now and then there is, there's the 33 and a third book about Flood as well. Um, I don't know if you have read that. I am partway through um, it. I haven't found it that great. I, I own it because I figured that I should own it um, if I'm going to be writing my dissertation on them. Right. Um, <laughs> it's a source. But it, it's written by like a music theorist and then someone who someone who doesn't do music someone who does something else but then they love they might be giants um that's literally what it is um but also one of the people who wrote it is has now come out as trans since publishing the book okay um and so i think that she like has tried to distance herself from the book a little bit because of her like Just her dead the name, old name is, is on, on the book yeah yeah well, uh, which still, is i mean it's, it's yeah. hard for some people yeah. i don't know yeah. um and and so like for for a lot of reasons that's just kind of like not hmm. I, it also yeah I, I don't know i don't see it as like a hugely academic source and then there's one article yeah. that when i told when i told my advisor what the topic of the article was he scoffed because it's some like dated kind of critical theory that's used in it that he doesn't even he was just like no don't don't pay attention to that whatever who cares <laughs> it's about um, a rock band what was the problem with it it's i i forget even what kind of theory it's using i don't know it's huh. it's something that's apparently pretty outdated um and there's there's no sense in applying it to a rock band that's like the impression that my advisor gave me um so, why, yeah, are there all these, was, why are there all these Freudian interpretations of the lyrics? <laughs> that's that it's it's kind of like that though, like similar, been similar thing. Yes. Like, why? <laughs> um, and so, like that was all that was out there, and so I was looking huh. at this, and I was just like, "There's this huge gap." Like, what? Yeah. If what? I ever wrote a book, it would not be academic, but it would be. Like, I thought it would almost be crazy, like, if this podcast keeps rolling the way, gathering steam the way it is, that I eventually do some sort of book where it's, like, adventures in podcasting about, like, learning, like, <laughs> my fandom and knowledge about the band growing through just, like, getting to know everybody in this fan community, which has been yeah. super fun. Absolutely. We'll you should be co-writers. Publish it, be- <laughs> <laughs> publish it before I do my dissertation, and then I can cite it. <laughs> okay, I'll get right on there. <laughs> um... but uh yeah no i mean i also definitely know that if i did my dissertation on it it would be a very easy first book too because that's that's kind of a goal for a lot of people right is taking their dissertation and making it their first book it's a lot easier um and so that's it would be a great one for that just because uh clearly the fan base is enthusiastic and they would be very into a book about that um, definitely it would uh yeah yeah for for being an academic text it would probably sell better than some just because of the topic i mean it kind of bridges that gap between academic and, and pop culture in a way yeah and as for for being a rock band the fan base is skews towards the nerdy and people that like to learn mm-hmm. stuff 
and are, are willing to learn stuff and want to read, even if it's a little more heady kind of book, they probably, uh, I think people would buy it. And also, like, think critically about the band. Yeah. Because there, there are some rock bands or, like, things that have, like, huge followings, and they like the band a lot or the whatever thing a lot, but they don't really think about it as hard as it seems like they may be Giants fans think about everything. <laughs> the band makes you think about them very hard. Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of the appeal and part of what makes us obsessed about them is because there's so much there to dig into. Like there's just a lot yeah. to grab on to. It's not like, I mean, like, like so many bands where like when, like, oh, they're really stretching out. They'd put an acoustic number on the end of the album. It's like, it's just, it's like this rock band. Whoa, acoustic guitarist, man. <laughs> Chill out there, dude. Get a little. Going crazy. Get a little, uh, little out there. I don't know if I'll be accepting of this song. It's very different. <laughs> Where, like, them, it's like they've. I, you know, I was just talking about this with Marcus earlier today. It's like they, the world's address. We were talking about how it's like we can describe it as anything other than like a Latin crooner song because it's like, and we're because it's it's totally like got this Cuban influence to it with the piano yeah. line and all this, and and just like man, they've they've done everything they can to not put themselves in a box, yeah. or it's yeah. like the largest box there is. I mean. If 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 Flansburg busted into like some like '90s style gangster rap or something, we'd still probably be like, "Yeah, dude," be like, "Go, man, yeah, nice." <laughs> I mean, oh man, and I mean, like he has such a eclectic music taste that I wouldn't be surprised at all. Like, sure. Yeah, there's literally maybe. nothing like even if they put out like a symphonic, like an orchestral album, like I wouldn't be surprised yeah. either. I mean, Ben Folds did it. I, I, I would. I mean, knowing because. Uh, Flansburg loves Sondheim, so I would be so into uh, an orchestral thing from from them. That would probably be fascinating. Yeah, honestly, I I could <laughs> see a lot of like Mahler influence, maybe. Oh something yeah, something dark, sure. <laughs> something mm-hmm. dark. But then Linnell would have something very catchy over top of it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I need to talk with someone about the song "Dog" because that one is just blowing my mind. But. <laughs> Uh, what episode is this? <laughs> oh, we, we want to rock. <laughs> we want to rock. We want to rock. Uh, we do. Yeah. So why did you pick We Want to Rock? <laughs> um, I think I did vaguely allude to this. So yeah. it, was, it was my favorite song when I was little. Um, like when, when listening to Flood, I I liked, I, I remember the ones that I liked a lot. I liked Lucky Ball and Chain. Did not know what it was about at the time um, at all. I didn't understand it. Uh, it's about an liked- actual ball and chain. <laughs> Literally. I liked um, Twisting. Again, didn't really know what it was about at the time. Uh, got a good beat. Um, and then We Want to Rock. Um, and We Want to Rock, I I don't know. Everything about it is amazing. Like, I, I think... I, I, I tell people <laughs> I, I tell people that they might be giants like really defined my music taste um which it did like I look at they might be giants and then the other two things that I refer to are um Bach because my parents listened to a crap ton of Bach uh-huh. and then Tchaikovsky because I was obsessed with the Disney Sleeping Beauty when I was little sure um 
So like those are the three things that I and we want to rock is the they might be giant song. Nice that I think of. Wow. When I think of like my music taste, basically. You know, it is a song that very uh, much encapsulates the vibe and the aesthetic of the band. I mean, for one, yeah. it's one that features accordion, and now I mean, songs that feature other keyboards tend to outnumber the accordion songs, but accordion is like very much linked with the band, like as yeah in the Im- image. imagery, yes, yeah. and the 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 just the, the yeah both the visual and the oral aesthetics, and uh, it's got um, yeah, it's just got this very almost like childlike melody in the in the violin it's a violin or viola it's a it's violin yeah Yeah. um just very almost like i mean i don't if i say nursery rhyme i don't mean it in a bad way i mean it in a way where it's like i mean to you as a kid it's it's like something that like speaks on like this this like bass level where it's like um it's just an earworm that like is undeniable like it's just one of those songs like from the violin line to the kind of mellow but catchy vocal melody, like everything about it is just like, this is, they might be giants. Like it's not like if like an alienations for the rich episode, we, Matt and I were talking about like, if I was, if you were going to introduce They Might Be Giants to someone, you wouldn't put on Alienations for the Rich because that's kind of an outlier. (laughs) Like it's not the weirdest song they've ever written, but you wouldn't be like, Hey, They Might Be Giants. They sound like this. But We We Want to Rock is a song where you might be like, what is this band all about? And you might, that's this is one you might play yeah i agree i agree i think i i think of the the fiddle as kind of sounding like bluegrassy a little Um, bit there's a little bit of like sliding between notes and stuff or like even kind of like celtic kind of irish fiddle sort of vibes a little bit like Mm -hmm. um that's that's sort of what i've always associated it with um and the the fiddle is actually my favorite part um i love it so much it's amazing I'm um, so glad I get to perform this with Dana at the live show. <laughs> oh yeah. So so flood flood was the most uh, spun album than in in your childhood home, and this was yes. this was the hit for you. It was. And it was. so even more so than like like Particle Man speaks to kids, speaks to everybody, but um, even more so than Particle Man or Birdhouse or. Uh, I- I liked Particle Man and Birdhouse, but We Want to Rock was my favorite. I, yeah. Like 100%. So what what else? Yeah. A, a little bit more like if you remember, like from when you were a kid, like what else did you, what else spoke to you about this song other than the, like the uh, violin? and? I, I mean, so this, this goes to like the, the lyrics, which, which normally I don't really pay close attention to lyrics. Um, I love, like everything else so much that I don't really care about the words. Um, <laughs> like I, I like vocals as a timbre thing that's happening. This is, um, this is, it's funny how much this has come up for a band who is just so, the yeah. lyrics are just so deep. This keeps coming up where, um, and I'm like that with a lot of bands There's certain bands. I'm not like, and I, and I'm glad to have a, a guest that pronounces timbre correctly because I <laughs> was listening to this. I don't know if you saw, I don't know if you're following my other the outdoor floor twitter but I, I was i found this podcast about it's, it's called uh the history of jazz and I'm like oh this will be cool and like within 10 minutes Uh-oh. the guy says timber and i'm like no no nope. nope. i'm like now I'm now i can't take anything you say like obviously you've never I'm like out. 
you've never been to school for music. I'm like, sure, you may have read a lot about it, but at least it didn't say Timbre. Fuck. <laughs> I'm just like, no, man, you ruined it. I'm like, shit. <laughs> and I hate to be a snob, but like, if you're talking about something, I, if your podcast is as academic as yeah. saying like, the history of jazz, like we're like yeah. Ken Burns over here. In podcast form, and then you mispronounce a word like that right off the yeah. bat. No, it's pretty pretty foundational oh, word when talking about music. Sad, sad and alarming. Um, um, <laughs> no, I... <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, I um, tangent. So I I like their their timbre of their voices, especially Linnell. Let's just keep like, saying I, timbre over and over. I'm, I'm obsessed with the way that Linnell sings in terms of how his he, he timbrely fits into the songs that he writes and the yeah. instruments that he uses. Um, but when I was younger, I did pay more attention to lyrics, and I, I have this very strong memory, actually, of how, what I pictured when I listened to We Wanna Rock yeah um okay and like young young me took it like pretty literally actually in terms of like um picturing people literally like crawling through gates and stuff like that uh-huh. right sure um and and i i think what i one thing that i liked about it was like the line throw the crib door wide let the people crawl inside i was picturing like adults um, but like crawling into like a playpen sort of environment. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really liked this image of like this, this sort of acknowledgement that it felt like to me of adults can be childish and can be just as like immature as like babies, as kids can be. Um, yeah. which like as a, as a little kid, you know, where it, you're told constantly to like respect adults, like, it's it's kind of nice to to hear a band saying even if that's not actually what they mean right like it's kind of nice to hear them saying like hey adults are stupid too <laughs> yeah and with the American <laughs> giants i think they've pretty much who knows what they mean <laughs> they've made it pretty clear that you can make exactly. the lyrics mean whatever you want them to mean and i think that's a very valid interpretation and for a kid for a, a, a kid to come up with that that's that's pretty uh that's i'd say that's pretty good <laughs> yeah the, do you do you ever read the interpretations on the uh, the wiki? No. <laughs> Sometimes no. it's fun. On occasion, we'll peruse them on episodes and be like, "Listen to this one," just because some people. I think some people go on there to uh, just like have fun with people as well. Like, when, yeah, I was gonna say some people totally just bullshit. Yeah, and what, like, the, yeah, I think my favorite one was when my friend Missy and I went on the. Uh, why does the sunshine episode? Someone was like, I'm just going to go out on a limb here. I think that the song is about the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the best. That's the Are best. Are you sure? That's the best interpretation. Is it? So, well, let me, so my interpretation um, of this, at least partially. So I, I need to look a little harder because I know my mom's a pack rat and saved all the shit. But my quote in my senior uh, under my senior photo of my yearbook in, in high school was a quote from the song. And it was. Um, I think it was just everybody wants prosthetic foreheads on their real heads. I like it. And to me. Even just taking just that little bit, even without considering the the song as a whole, uh, to me that meant like okay. So I was already like a pretty weird kid in uh, 
and very into music in high school, uh, not only being in band, but also being just like a big punk rock weirdo with a big mohawk and all that. <laughs> and, and to me, like it meant like, a, like I was expressing like, it's such a high school thing to think. I'm like, I am, I've, I'm expressing my true self. Like I'm not afraid to be who I am, man. These other people, they act so fake. They want prosthetic foreheads on their real heads because they're yeah. fake. Right. That was yeah. my interpretation in high school. Because they're phonies. <laughs> yeah, they're phonies. I <laughs> I have discovered the true me at 16 or what, 18 when I graduated. Yeah. <laughs> me with my chains and uh, and whatnot. Stuff that they probably wouldn't let you wear in school anymore. I don't think they'd let you. Would, I don't think they'd even let you wear a chain wallet in school anymore. I'd be too close to something that could be used as a weapon. <laughs> Things are crazy these days. Everyone's trying to burn their foreheads down. It's true. So <laughs> that that line still cracks me up. Like it's just just that little twist on the on the. I don't know if you'd call that the bridge or the turnaround. That little part. Um, I have so much trouble describing the form of this song. Honestly, it's very was, winding. Appropriately, yeah. it's like a winding of string around a rock so to speak and uh as it were and as the it were. as it were but the after saying you know burn the playhouse down so many times and then burn their burn the foreheads down like just the 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 the, the taking that literally like the image of someone's forehead burning down not just yeah, burning yeah. but like a house can burn down but like a person can't burn down. Like that 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 terminology doesn't really make sense. That way. And that's why it's so funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, trying to burn the foreheads down. Uh so okay, so what so you say you say you don't think about the lyrics all that much these days, but for this song, have you changed your interpretation since you were in elementary school? I I mean I I think that it's just about how absurd people can be about just following what other people are doing or about wanting things that don't actually benefit them just because they think that it would benefit them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, especially the, the image of ha- wanting a prosthetic forehead on their real head. <laughs> like you, you don't need that, but I mean, it, for some reason you might feel like you need to have it. I don't want to read into like, you know, comparing to plastic surgery, really. But, like, I do think that that sort of comparison would even be valid, right? In terms of just, like, people wanting to manipulate their physical identities or their outward identities in terms of, like, just what they think people need to be seeing rather than what they actually want people to... I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's just because just so many times throughout the song it's talking about everybody wants a rock to wind a piece of string around it's just like if you, if you think about it it's like i mean it's something like like i don't know like i hang around with with kids you know i teach yeah they like this this fad is over for sure but like fidget spinners like there's always a, a oh, little yeah. like toy that every kid needs and like they're kids so like i can forgive them for that like all their friends have this thing they want this thing too <clears throat> So, yeah, so this for, like, you know, assuming it's about adults, like, have you heard about the newest, cra- the newest craze? Have you seen the <laughs> have you seen the infomercial for the rock that you can wind a string around? It's so cool. Yeah. You got to get yeah. one. 
for for five low 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 payments of twenty nine ninety five, you can get this wonderful rock. Uh, string string not included. That's that's Amazing. separate. It's a separate charge. <laughs> 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 but wait, there's more. We'll throw in a prosthetic forehead. <laughs> also, I definitely just looked around to see whether I have one of my fidget spinners sitting like right next to my bed because I have like four, I think. Um, <laughs> Can't say everything. And then I got a pop socket. I got a pop socket on my phone, so I stopped using a fidget spinner after I got a pop socket. What because- the heck is that? What? Oh, so it's. Did you see people with these things? Oh, yeah. So you just play with yeah. that now? Yeah. No need for a fidget spinner when you have a cell phone. <laughs> That's for girls. No, I know. I, I see. <laughs> well, the reason you don't see guys with those is because we have to put our phone in our pocket. Oh, just, I do too. Even with that thing carry, around there? I don't carry a purse. Yeah, I put a Yeah. Hmm. It's like, yeah. It just gets stuck in your pocket. <laughs> it does sometimes. Yeah. And it's in this fad of like this, this trend of phones getting bigger again. And like my students always be like, your phone's so small. Like it's like, that's a bad thing. I'm like. I can fit it in my pocket. Okay. I don't want like, yeah. I don't want like an iPad mini as a phone. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, where was I? I forgot the point <laughs> that I was making. Um, yeah. I don't know. Is there anything else for the interpretation of these lyrics? I think, you know, I'm just going to take a quick gander at the interpretations on the wiki and see if there's anything Absolutely. completely ridiculous. Um, let's see. Well, actually, we also have a quote from like right on the uh, that made its way on occasion. If something is confirmed on the interpretations, it makes its way into the main trivia thing. And we've got <clears throat> uh, John Linnell <clears throat> in a Houston Chronicle interview from 2008 said, there's a little bit of stream of consciousness to writing that one. This sounds really abstract, but in order to begin wrapping a piece of string around itself, you need something to start with, like a rock. I guess you can make a ball of string starting from nothing if you just make a tiny loop at the end of the string, but it seems theoretically impossible. It's a metaphor for getting started. Uh, it was just a general set of loose metaphors. You know, where do you begin? It's a funny conceit saying everyone has this problem when it's really about the problem of the person singing about wanting a prosthetic forehead. It's hard to make the argument that everybody wants one. You're enlisting everyone else. That's Hmm. interesting. And then a 2009 Rolling Stone interview. Why is he being asked about this song so late after? Uh, I (laughs) I guess the song is a metaphor. Uh, We who have nothing to wind string around are lost in the wilderness, but those who deny this need are burning our playhouse down. If you put quotes around certain words, it sounds more like a metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) This this is weird. This is so Linnell. Yeah, it is. But this is very unlike them to even talk this much about. uh, Yeah, it is. A song like like seriously like on occasion they'll I, like sarcastically toss off some false like to throw people off the scent, <laughs> say something weird. I I feel like they have like dismissed it more often recently too. So it's kind of interesting that they talked about it so recently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, two thousand nine is a decade ago, but it was nineteen years after the song came out. Right. Exactly. So, like that is recent. Yeah. Kind of in a Houston newspaper asked him about it 18 years after it came out and then rolling stone asked him about it 19 years after it came out i mean 2009 that would have been like when the the else had come out and I, here comes science came out in 2009 why are they talking about mm-hmm. we want to rock i don't know yeah that's that's odd uh and then they talk about it referencing a few song titles but i don't know to me it just seems like a coincidence that if i were a carpenter 
1967 song by Tim Harden. I, I don't know. I don't know if I put much weight in that. I mean, saying if I were a carpenter and then I'd hammer, I'd, I don't know if that's really, do you think that's a reference to the song? That doesn't seem like anything to me. It, it might be, but I don't, I, I don't know. That's, that's more questionable to me. Cause I, I agree. It's just, now, there's a lot of kind of theoretical metaphorical stuff happening. So I don't know. Yeah. And then there's, I'm going to burn your playhouse down is a 1959 song performed by George Jones and written by Lester Black, what later covered by the Proclaimers. I'm going to burn your playhouse down. Now that phrase seems a little bit more odd and that maybe that there is something to that one. I agree. That thought never even occurred to me because it's just a phrase that seems like just so Linnell, just like such a weird thing to say. But that yeah. there's a song called I'm Going to Burn Your Playhouse Down seems like a really weird title for a song, especially in 1959. Like that is a very bizarre, going to burn your playhouse down. Sounds like you're murdering <laughs> children. <laughs> like a novelty song? Like what? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Weird. I've got an aching in my heart. Arson on my mind. I'm gonna burn your playhouse down. I've got a badly broken heart. Yes, I've had it from the start. You're giving me the run around. Now, if you play with fire, it's a sure to burn. I've known this all of my life. Go on, be on your way. I've had my say. Well, honey, I'm through with you for life. You'll find there's one in every yard, and I'm a getting mighty tired. I'm a gonna burn your playhouse down. There is actually one thing that I want to talk about, just because it's the Go. best moment of the song. Go for it. Um, so you know the instrumental bridge mm-hmm. leading into the final verse. Um, that amazing last chord and the instrumental bridge. You want to talk about key like, changes or something, don't you? I I kind of do. I I'm like nervous to figure out how to talk about it in a way that like makes the most sense. Um, like why it's good because I I showed uh-huh. I showed the song I showed the song to some friends of mine last week when I was saying like oh I'm going to do this podcast for this song, uh, listen to it and that chord freaked them out. Like they lost their minds at this where, one chord. That's where it goes to the E major, right? Is that what yeah, you're talking about? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They they lost their minds um, because <laughs> it's it, you you're totally not expecting it like at yeah. all, uh, and it's amazing. Yeah, where'd that come from? <laughs> what, what just happened? And I literally i I looked up the chord progression to figure out what was going on, uh, just because it was it was killing me so much. And I realized that it's like simultaneously kind of a a um fuck what's the it's kind of a um deceptive cadence almost right because it's going sort of to from a five to a six but then it's also going into the circle of fifths progression that's happening in yeah, the chorus it goes to the a so it's like it's a oh it's fantastic it's dude. yeah like, it's perfect <laughs> but 
Yeah, I, I guess the people that don't, I mean, I mean, even people that play guitar might, you know, they don't, aren't necessarily going to know theory or like why you'd play a major right. or a minor at a certain time. But I mean, for, you know, for the layman, like if you're playing guitar on this, when an E comes up, it's going to be an E minor until this yeah. one E major chord just out of nowhere. And it seems like just such a weird, it's, I mean, it's such a small moment of the song, but you're right. Like yeah. it just gives it this weird propulsion into the last chorus that is very, it is very hard to explain because it is kind of a gut thing. Like it, we, can, we can try to get all academic about it and yeah, it does work well, no, into, I mean, like, I, but it I is like a guttural no feeling. That, yeah. There's no way that they were thinking about it in the terms that I just described it in, but I like, yeah. I think that the way that I described it is why it worked. Or like kind of what it's doing, yeah. basically. You know, this is the kind of thing that I'm I'm thinking I need to. It's weird writing rock music, especially after coming out of co- going to college for music and learning all this theory. Like I needed to learn how to break the rules that I had just learned. Like because yeah. I I was like, you know, I'd be in these bands with uh, in, with p- other people that weren't schooled in, in music and stuff like this, and they're and. And he's showing, you know, this guy's showing the chords. Like, I'm the drummer in this band. And I'm like, wait, you're playing an A major. Like, in this key, it should be an A minor. And he's like, well, I don't care. Just play because it sounds good. <laughs> and, like, I, I let him continue to play the A major. Like, he wrote it. And I didn't force him to, like, put it into the key. And, like, it bugged me. Like, it bugged me for the longest time. But now it's like I realize, like, you know, it's rock music. You, you know, there should be whether, he, you know, he's not intentionally breaking the rule of then like, making it it's an accidental you know there's the it's, yeah. i raised the third it's a it's a major now <laughs> and i meant to do that but it's just like you know that you got to go with your gut sometimes and yeah, in this case like in my songwriting i've been like i did a bowie tribute band after he died and um i was just finding all these moments and these great songs especially ones that he would have written on piano where it'll have both like a g major and a g minor in the song like tons of songs where it would have like they'd either follow each other directly or they'd keep coming around it was it was stuff that like when i would listen to it i wouldn't be like oh that's really weird oh that was that was major before now it's minor but like and then when i tried (laughs) to figure it out i was like holy crap like how how are there so many chords in this song yeah and it's even just like breaking the key signature constantly but like when you listen to it, you're like, this is a beautiful song. But then you look at it and you're right. on paper and you're like, this doesn't seem to make any sense. Yeah. What is this? Who wrote this? Some sort of madman? Kind of. <laughs> a, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But most musical geniuses are a little a little mad. No, but I, I do think like they may be giants are cool in the ways that they like break the rules yeah. of what chords are supposed to do or whatever because i i don't think about function you know like notice that i i didn't describe it as like a five going to a major six chord right even though that's kind of what you could call it doing that's not what's happening um because they're i know they're not thinking about it that way but the the ways that they mix things up are very different for what other pop and rock groups do Mm -hmm. um in, Most rock really groups amazing. just avoid the thirds by playing power chords. <laughs> you don't even have to think about it. I mean, hell, I mean, yeah, one of the bands I'm in is a punk band, and a lot of times I, li- I like doing punk songs that will have full bar chords or open chords on the guitar, but then other times you just got to go really fast. You're just going to play the root, yeah. root fifth and the octave, <laughs> and that's it. That's, that's just it. And you don't need to think about it. You can go all the way up and down the scale without even having to worry. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, that yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. I did, that's such a little part of the song that is super satisfying. Super it's, satisfying. It's my, but I completely forgot to bring that up. <laughs> this is the song. So I'm currently learning it on accordion, and yeah. um, it's easier to play in the left hand than the right hand. I don't know how much you know about accordion. Um, but I don't know which hand is which. The right hand is the piano side, um, okay. and the left hand, the bass keys. The bass keys on an accordion are set up in the circle of fifths. So for right. playing along with folk songs or traditional like rock songs that that use those standard chord progressions, it's very easy to get around. And when you're yeah, when yeah. you're wearing an accordion, you cannot see the black bass keys. You can't see them. Mm-hmm. So there's sure. there's usually like an indentation or on mine there's like a little like a little rhinestone on the C. So you can find the mm-hmm. C, which is right in the middle. Um, so getting around like in most of the song like. Uh, C, G, D, G, like that right there is really easy to do because they're all right next to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but it goes so fast. <laughs> and I'm like, if I'm going to like double her fiddle part, like on the piano while I'm just like, oh, dun, 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 like you don't stay on any chord for more than like two beats. Yeah. It's just really fast. I'm like maybe I'll just I'll just be the bass player. I'll be able to play the accordion bass. <laughs> I mean, like, but it's easy to do. I mean, the accordion the way it is is set up is really really cool. So there's these diagonal rows of keys. I feel like I should just go get it. So so you got the you got the root, and then you got the major right above that, and then the minor, <laughs> and then the seventh, and then the d- diminished, all right in like a diagonal row. So if you're playing major chords, which I mean, the song starts with uh, A minor. But then a lot of it is major, so the C G D G. You're just hitting the bass and the so you, you really you're in proper technique, which but you'd use your your ring finger on the root and then your middle finger on the major, and you pretty much just bounce those two fingers back, you know, sure. around the circle of fifths, uh, and then you would use your ring and your first finger if you were doing the minor to stretch it out to the minor. Um, but there's just so much bouncing around and then when it gets to, and then doing the A and then the A minor and then the E minor and then that one E, yeah, the B is actually kind of a far jump. Like things going in scale wise motion is not easy on the base of the accordion because it's not made to go in scale wise motion. It's made to go right. in chordal, you know, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's a, it's a weird instrument that way. But I also have my grandpa's, uh, 150 year old diatonic accordion which is even different in that it only plays in it's diatonic only plays in c and g uh and only has four bass keys but it's like a harmonica in that the note changes whether you're pushing in and out it doesn't have a piano side it has they all look like shirt buttons basically it's a button accordion but yeah so to play a scale you got to go uh in out and then change key in out in out out in it's got a double out for the seven (laughs) So that both the that the octaves are both in in. Oh yeah, interesting. How did people invent this instrument? I mean, it's it's made by two very Italian sounding guys. It's got their little <laughs> label right on it. Um, yes, yes, I am an accordion nerd. It's in my Polish blood. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's no wonder I was just naturally drawn to Weird Al and the MP Giants. <laughs> Just because of the accordion. It just speaks to me. And what it is. You know, you were talking about uh, Linnell's, um, I meant to bring this up when you were talking about Linnell's, uh, the 
the the timbre of his <laughs> voice. <laughs> the yeah. tim- like I I always describe his voice as reedy. I hear a lot of people people call his voice nasally and I always think that uh, that gives a negative connotation to me but Reedy like I always say like I don't know if you were you were I've brought this up on Twitter before that Linnell is I did reply to that is an oboe and Flansburg is a clarinet and has a more open they're both Reedy I contradicted you and now I don't remember what I said oh geez Um, it's so hard to find that kind of stuff back on Twitter like you go back more than a day I can't find it but I think Uh, something about the Reedy nature like because accordions have reeds in them Metal, yeah. metal reeds. And so it's just like their voices both mesh with the accordion very well. Um, yeah, I agree. They they just, because the, the timbres are similar. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, it's late at night. Um, but the, the timbre is just very, the, the tone quality meshes very well between their voices yeah. and those kinds of instruments. And then, and, then he, I mean, I actually, and then he plays all those reed instruments, the clarinets and saxophones. I, I kind of do think of Linnell's voice as nasally sometimes. Like, sometimes he really lets the nasalness come out. And uh-huh. it happens a couple times in Me Wanna Rock. Like, the throw the crib door, why? Right? Every time. That's not the, the Massachusetts. Every time, I listen to it, <laughs> <laughs> every time I listen to it, I like emphasize the nasally bits with him in moments like that just because it's really satisfying to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I don't. I feel like when you're talking to people who don't know they might be giants and you call his voice nasally, it would sound negative. But I also think that like they might be giants fans know exactly what you mean when you call it nasally. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. 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 I, don't know. I just really like, I think Reedy just sounds it's, it's a, it gives it more of like a, a classical music kind of feeling. You know, it's got, it's got a read <laughs> Reedy quality. It's not, um, he doesn't have a brass, I mean, he doesn't you- have a brassy tone. Have you heard that theoretically clarinet is the instrument that sounds the most like the human voice? That's like yeah, a thing yeah. um, that people say. It also sounds the most like a Game Boy if you play it right. <laughs> 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 like I, I do, I, I, I'm pretty well versed in analog synthesizers as well. And uh, a square wave has this kind of hollow feeling to it that if you play uh, a clarinet in a certain way, and put some some little reverb on it or something. You can get it to sound pretty, uh, almost electronic in a way. If you uh, yeah, if, no, if sure. you play it real flat, not in a vibrato or anything, you can get it to sound pretty pretty synthy. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the clarinet. So I am too. <laughs> you are <laughs> a, a little bit. <laughs> the low ones. Yes. Can I? If I need you for an album, can you uh, record something to to send over sometime? If, oh, if I send you a track, would you play on it? I don't have good recording equipment is the problem. Well, that's if you listen to the Outdoor Valor song, uh, <laughs> Zap song actually has bass clarinet on it, as well as bassoon, clarinet, uh, and flute, and a string trio. I wrote that this was, this was a very... My sister played oboe on it from Boston. My friend played flute on it from Ashton, North Carolina. <laughs> Our clarinetist, clarinet and bass clarinet. She's in uh, what town? Some small town in, in in central Illinois. And our bassoonist was in the Chicagoland area, and it was all like I sent them all sheet music, and then the uh, yeah. the rough tracks, and they recorded it and sent it in. And it took a long time to do, but it came out really cool. Within the within the rock mix, so the bass clarinet, you definitely need to know it's there to be able to hear it, you know. Yeah. But sure. uh, uh, it's uh, I, I'm a big fan of the the reed instruments for sure. 
I consider myself a decent saxophonist, and I can, I mean, I can teach clarinet real well. I mean, I can play in right. like sixth grade key signatures pretty well. <laughs> sure, sure. No, nothing else. So I think we should get to covers here because there are quite a few. Absolutely. And it's, did you look at all talking for so long? I didn't. I was waiting to have my first impressions like now. This band is called Orch Patrol, I think. Oh, oh, well, yeah, you tell me what you think it is. Orch Patrol. So I found this on Bandcamp. You got to look on Bandcamp and not just YouTube. I've found some weird gems on Bandcamp. Orch Patrol or Oot or it's got to be Orch Patrol. Yeah, I think it's Ort Patrol. Cryptor wife part is cool. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm liking this because they're like punking it up. It's uh I'm digging that. Or patrol from North Carolina. O O R T Patrol That's pretty cool. Uh then there's a more um I suppose traditional. We got a piano cover here. Um uh, sending ya. And let's see. C Scott Davis. And it's called the TM Collective. A little confused. The the Bandcamp artwork is very um I don't know, cute, I guess. Theme oh theme yeah. music tribute. TM Theme Music Tribute in Atlanta, Georgia. And it looks like Flood, the entire album was done by a a bunch of people. And C. Scott Davis did We Want to Rock. So I'm gonna listen to a little bit of this. I forgot the point that I was making I said if I was smart that I would save up for a piece of string And a rock to wind the string around Everybody wants a rock to wind a piece of string around Everybody wants a rock to wind a piece of string around Throw the crib door wide Let the people crawl inside that's definitely not a real piano. That is a MIDI keyboard, but that's fine. just thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. This is cute. Yeah. Very thick double track vocals. Yeah. Interesting low harmony there. Yeah, I was not expecting the chorus harmony. 
This guy's got an interesting voice. I wonder if it's like affected at all. That's what, exactly what I was going to say. I was wondering if he was putting on an affectation or, or if that's how he really sings. I mean, I find it interesting. I don't have a problem with people with uh, unconventional voices. I mean, the the pitch is, is fine. I mean, maybe the double track shouldn't be as loud. Yeah. Because it makes evident, it evident when the, the two takes aren't really on. Right. But then again, I, I I I can get down with that stuff. I like <laughs> double track vocals. Just you gotta make the double a little bit lower. So C. Scott Davis, I, I like it. Stripped down version. Uh, let's see. The coup de gras for the last. Let's go. Okay, I'm not gonna do that one yet. Let's do. Um, okay. The stone cold gras. The, uh, yeah, yes, I'm not stone the cold stone cold coup de gras. <laughs> Uh, okay, how about this one? I don't know if I've even, if I even got a chance to listen to this one. I just kept finding more and more. I'm like, oh my god, I gotta, we gotta start recording. Okay, this band is called The Yelling Strange, and they're from Valley Stream, New York. Uh, let's check out their version of We Want to Rock from a whole co- a whole covers album of They Might Be Giants. a polka now yep there's some backing vocals i can't quite figure out because there's another voice in there right not just hers yes no there are definitely two voices it sounds like a man's voice in there too yeah but it's like really tucked back there and it's kind of creeping me out (laughs) it's like kind of offset a little bit yeah i don't know it was weird (laughs) Boom, 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 boom. I mean, it's, you're taking it in the... I mean, a band that features accordion doing a, a polka variation, I suppose, is kind of cheeky. Uh, um, I've done... <laughs> in college, I did, of course, I did a theme and variations project, uh, assignment on Dr. Worm as well. <laughs> and it had a polka... Yes. Or, did it have a polka version? No, I also did a theme and variations on Total Eclipse of the Heart. <laughs> that... <laughs> That had a polka variation to it. <laughs> and it had clarinet in it. Well, clarinet was part of the group. That's amazing. Oh, good stuff. Okay, so that was interesting. Um, let's see. Oh, which one's... Okay, here's another good... Uh, this is a really rockin' version. Um, We're the Leaders is the name of this band. I forgot the point that I was making I said 
Oh. What? What are you owing it? The throw the crib door wide part. Interesting little guitar lick. Yeah, no, I was not expecting it. I like it. Huh. Yeah. That, I that's like pretty it. cool to put a little counter melody in that's not in the original. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for a good counter melody. I'm I'm down with that. Just something that's not in the original, but a cool little like descending guitar line like that. Just like a little that little extra flavor, a little their own flavor. Because I was also, I was bummed that the, there wasn't the fiddle part in it because that's the part that I like the most. Mm-hmm. And then that guitar part happened. And I'm like, God damn, great. Yeah, I'm happy yeah, now. Right. Got a little, little lead in there. Oh, yeah, this one. Okay. <laughs> this one is, is visually fun to look at as well. Uh, I kind of have mixed feelings, though, about this, this sort of genre of YouTube video where guys will put multiple videos of themselves playing different instruments uh, in their, uh, yeah. their like, multi-track version of the song. This is two guys, but then they've doubled, they've cloned themselves. So there's four. <laughs> there's four guys. Two of the one guy's playing both acoustic and electric guitar split screen and then the other guy's playing accordion very stone face playing accordion and then upright bass <laughs> so let's <laughs> check this out uh lawrence s and bob fenster bob fenster's the youtube uh channel electric guitar and bass not sound quite in sync i mean that they're just not in sync with each other like they're oh. they're recorded i just mean that they the ri- like the electric guitar and the bass sound a little off with each other you better watch out you're gonna get me a, a one-star review hey hey they can blame it on me it's not your fault yeah <laughs> give rachel's podcast a one-star review <laughs> exactly <laughs> And Mr. Lawrence S. There just looks very bored on the accordion, but he knows how to play the accordion. He's using technique on the um, a quick in and out bellows technique on the um, yeah. the eighth notes on on trying to burn the playhouse down. He's going in and out rather than just he's using the bellows for the rhythm rather than his fingers. Sure, which is a. Technique that a just someone who just picked up an accordion would not do. Right. So he knows what he's doing. I like it. I like it. But yeah, it's, I, don't, I just get with these kind of videos where it's multi-track or multi-cam stuff or whatever you want to call it, split screen stuff with the same guy doing all the stuff. Like I could do that. I can play a lot of instruments, <laughs> but something about that just, I mean, they might be giants, you know, we're a bunch of nerds and it's just, but it just screams like nerd, like, look at me, look at all the stuff I can play and look at me, like, <laughs> look into the camera. At least they're not, well, well, Lawrence looks into the camera a little bit. He's just like, look at me, I'm playing this music and I'm looking right, right. into your soul. And it's like, dude, you're creeping me out. Right. <laughs> you're creeping me out. Um, 
but musically that was pretty fun and i i, yeah. I gotta appreciate the accordion um let's see there were a couple i found on soundcloud and i think we need to listen to the 8-bit version oh absolutely <laughs> max Demsky. let me send you this <laughs> yes talking about game boy <laughs> this is great God, this is so cute. <laughs> I know. I, I'm such a sucker for this Apit stuff. And then the artwork, just like... <laughs> it's adorable. <laughs> the Flood logo and like, I don't know, Microsoft Paint something. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Very Nintendo looking. Max Demsky. SoundCloud.com slash Max dash Demsky. D-E-M-S-K-I. Yeah, I just want to listen to that whole thing. But let's uh, let's keep moving and yeah. let's see lo-fi ukulele cover why not let's send this your way here and then maybe we'll get to my uh, stone cold coup de gras <laughs> after this one so this is yogi scare yogi scare on soundcloud and the i'm not a big fan of the artwork there i was thinking the same thing that's There's, a choice yeah, I didn't realize that until I clicked over to the track and didn't notice that the thumbnail was a... It, it's a pipe for the, the kids to smoke drugs out of. <laughs> and then it's got a dollar bill ripped up. That was a perfectly good time. <laughs> but let's listen to Yogi Scare. competent cover the guy's a good singer good uke player um yeah. stripped down a lot of room noise in there but I, I i can dig some guided by voices and mountain goats style lo-fi <laughs> so now for the stone cold coup de gras you ready for this absolutely oh <laughs> even the thumbnail i'm already excited why don't uh, you tell people what it is <laughs> it's a harp amazing <laughs> We want a rock harp cover. Amazing. Harp cover. Uh, oh, he's got a Facebook page for his harp music. Uh, so it, this is Ryan Harp Bard. Ryan, I'm guessing his name's Ryan Bard, but facebook.com slash Ryan Harp Bard and Ryan Harp Bard.tumblr.com. Let's listen to him play We Want a Rock on the friggin' harp.
was I? I forgot the point that I was making. I said if I was smart that I would save up for a piece of string and a rock to wind the string around. Everybody wants a rock to wind a piece of string around. Everybody wants a rock to wind a piece of string around. Throw the crypt or wine. Let the people crawl inside. Someone in this town trying to burn the playhouse down. They want to stop the ones who want a rock to wind a string around. Everybody wants a rock to It's very chill. It's very soothing. Yeah, it is. I feel like the part, the, like, throw the crib door wide, let the people crawl inside part, he has to get, he has to pluck a lot of separate strings there. Like, I bet that's hard. Yeah. And so he's playing it on the, on the video, but it's actually a recorded version over top. You can tell because he's doing backup vocals for himself, and there's all this reverb and yeah. stuff. There maybe there's multi-tracking on the harp, but it it. I mean, he looks like it he looks knows like what he's, he's doing. doing everything. Yeah, yeah, it looks like he's doing everything. Now this is an interesting harp. I don't. It's not like a full classical style harp. It's almost like some sort of like large Gaelic one? style. I mean, it's it's almost got like that Gaelic style like uh, shape in the wood. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah. like a little handheld harp, but it's not. It doesn't look like it has as many strings as like a classical. Like you'd no, see, it's, like, it's definitely, know. it's definitely smaller. Still has a shitload of strings. I, I was wondering whether he does, you know, like classical, like Renaissance or like Baroque harp stuff too. And Medieval I was just went to his YouTube page. The, the fifth result on his YouTube is a handle video. So the answer is yes, I guess. <laughs> I like this this comment here. Is it weird to say that this was so beautiful it made me cry a bit? <laughs> <laughs> that That's a good comment to see on your YouTube video. People are usually very, yeah. very mean on YouTube. <laughs> for real. And then, and then Ryan himself, for some reason, commented five years ago. <laughs> Someday mother will die and I'll get the dollar sign. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, good job, Ryan Harp Bard. That was a good Agreed. way to end it. I've done, this is the 32nd episode I'm recording and I've never had a harp cover to this oh to, to date. <laughs> so I'll have to see if he's done some more. All of a sudden he's like <laughs> harp guy becomes a fixture of the cover section. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> Oh, okay, so we are to the final section of the show. You need to score the yeah. song. Yeah. God. <laughs> the, the part that I've been most stressed about. Uh, <laughs> I hate I hate having to like number score things. I've been grading homework for the first time this semester, oh. and it's awful. I it stresses me out so much to give numbers to people. Um so I <sighs> Because I understand the concept is, is like, in terms of all They Might Be Giant songs, where it rakes for me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I could maybe give it, like, 9.5. Mm-hmm. 
likes. I have others that I like more, but it's it's really high up there for me. Yeah. It's really high up there. Yeah. So yeah, to me, I'm I'm ranking everything against Doctor Worm and Anna Ng. Doctor Worm's the only ten. Anna Ng was a nine point nine for me. I, you know. I like this song even more than the Anna Ng. I think this is I think this is my second ten. Wow. I'm giving it a ten. Yeah. Wow. And I'm trying not I'm trying to be frugal with the tens and not just throw them everywhere. Uh but I think uh, out of thirty two songs I've ranked so far, two tens. I don't think no, I'm I don't think I'm fanboying too hard. Another ten. I'm I'm trying to think of the ones that I would even give a ten. Hmm. It'd be like Metal Detector. Yeah. Would be a 10 for me. Mm, wow. Yeah. And then I was kind of bummed. I was bummed somebody had claimed that one already because I would have loved to talk about that one. It's all good. Because also, my other 10 is the other one that I signed up for. So. We won't say what that is then. We won't. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> for like 20 episodes from now um whenever this is airing oh my god i'm so far Jesus. ahead so far ahead i think we can wrap this up we've we've uh yeah i think we've very speedily discussed uh you know in very concise <laughs> terms discussed a a, yep. a song that's not even three minutes long uh and yep. gave it due time there's yep. a lot of covers. Obviously, this is a fan favorite, uh, and and yet it has always been a favorite of mine too. I put that quote um, under my dumb face in the yearbook, and I'm going to try and find it. And I will, if I can, I will post that photo to the Twitter account with Amazing. the quote under there, so everyone can well, see almost, just how cool I am. I almost got "We Want to Rock" tattooed onto my body, yeah. so <laughs> no judgment. Yeah. And then there was a rock, and the string was going around your arm. I <laughs> I couldn't do that literal, but then I I I got a, a blue canary instead, which can I see? I, I thought was a better choice. Oh, it's under here. Um, okay. So yeah, do, you, do not disrobe on, on the Facebook. camera. Okay, I'll go, I'll go <laughs> there's look. a photo on Facebook. Uh, yeah, you know I don't have any tattoos, but if I was gonna get one. I was talking with TDK about this that I should that I was thinking like Apollo 18 is my favorite album that I would get because mm-hmm. that artwork is just so fucking badass. That, yeah, and I, I know that's, that's I've seen I've seen good versions of it, but to get like the yeah. this the squid in the in the whale on one yeah. arm and then get the little spaceship over on the other arm. Oh, I like that. <laughs> seems like 37 seems a little old to get your first tattoo, but I guess it's not unheard of. No, my mom got her first tattoo at like 54. Oh yeah. What, yeah. Was it They Might Be Giants? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, it, no. At least you didn't get a prosthetic forehead tattooed on your real head. <laughs> and and uh, with that, let us uh, is there anything you want people to find you on the social medias? Do you want to plug anything else? Any other projects, really? Any, anything you want. What, what do you want to tell the people? I mean, if people want to find me on social media, I'm on Twitter as mrs underscore bluebeard of course yeah um (laughs) 
I don't know. I, cause I, I use Tumblr and I have been posting They Might Be Giants gifts on it, but grad school is happening and so gifts are not happening. So I don't know if that's worth it. There's a link to that on my Twitter. So if people want to go look at my gifts, okay. they can find that for themselves. Nice. Uh, I don't know. And then I'm on Facebook in the groups so they can hit me up. I'm the other Rachel Jones. There's there two, two Rachel Jones in there? There are two Rachel Joneses in the Facebook groups. So there there have been multiple occasions when I have been able to say, you must be thinking of some other Rachel Jones, <laughs> um, which is very satisfying. I did know another Greg Simpson that we, when we both lived in Bloomington, Indiana for a while. And we would we would confuse the hell out of people, and sometimes intentionally by commenting on each other's Facebook posts, and it just looks like, yep. I, like I thought you were just talking to yourself. I'm like, he's gone completely mad, and then I realize, oh, there's another one of you. There's there's two of them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But then I killed him, so it's okay. <laughs> A Highlander style. It can only be one. I murdered him. You thought I was serious, didn't you? <laughs> the fact that you didn't laugh right away, you're like he probably did. Uh, so on that note, I think uh, let's 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 call it a night. I'm clearly delirious. Uh, you're yep. on, you're on Central Time, and it's still kind of late. I'm cre- creeping up on midnight. So my wife went to bed two hours ago. So I think I'm going to wrap oh, it geez. up. <laughs> the baby is exhausting. So thanks again for being on, Rachel. That was great, and uh, let's do it again sometime. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Follow us on Twitter at This Might Be a Pod, Facebook.com slash This Might Be a Podcast. Email me, This Might Be a Pod at Gmail, and leave me a voicemail at 224 801 2930. Don't forget about that Chicago live taping, Birdhouse in Your Soul, July 26th. Hope to see you there. And to end the episode, here is me and Dana Williamson doing our cover of We Want to Rock. See you later. Straight around